Hey everyone, good afternoon. This is Stuart Crawford and welcome to our monthly Ulistic training. We're gonna make this kind of a habit where we're gonna a few people on for a panel. So as we get people coming on the GoToWebinar platform, we'll uh, we'll get started here in a couple minutes once everybody comes on. And uh, our, our purpose for today is to share some great insights into vertical marketing or vertical markets and vertical marketing. And we're also going to record today's webcast and also make it available as part of the MSP show that can be found on Blog Talk Radio. If you're not a subscriber of that, go to uh, blogtalkradio.com slash the MSP show. Or if you have one of those handy dandy Amazon devices, you can enable the MSP show. It's, we got a skill on there now that you can enable it that on uh, on your favorite Amazon device. All right, folks, we're going to get started. I have three great guests today, uh, three people that I uh, work with very closely. Uh, we have Mike Wickwilliam from Reliable IT, Chris Michalik from Parkway Tech, and John Gambrell from Go Concepts in Ohio. I'm going to have the, these gentlemen come on and introduce themselves uh, shortly, as uh, said earlier, my name is Stuart Crawford, and I am the CEO of Ulistic. Many of you are clients that are on this call, so it's great. Welcome to uh, our, our monthly training. And for those people that are not clients uh, that are been invited, we look forward to potentially working with you in the future. All right, let's go around the horn and introduce our uh, everyone. Let's start with you, Mike. Uh, give us a little bit of background about yourself and Reliable IT. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Stuart, for having me. Uh, Mike McWilliams. I am the Chief Revenue Officer for Reliable IT. Um, we started back in 1994, and so we're a um, long, lengthy company. Um, been around a long time, and uh, uh, we have uh, specialized in, in two distinct markets, uh, healthcare and banking. Great, Mike, and thanks for uh, joining us today, Chris. Uh, give us a bit of background about uh, yourself and Parkway Tech. Yeah, I'm the uh, president of Parkway Tech, founder of it. Uh, we started back in 2008, uh, so just over 10 years in business now. And uh, we specialize uh, in helping uh, small to mid-sized law firms uh, with their uh, IT and cybersecurity needs. Uh, made that shift, uh, I'll get into it more later, but made that shift uh, about a year ago. Excellent. And Chris is uh, located in Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina, in that area. And then last but not least, my good friend John Gamble from Go Concepts in the Cincinnati area. John, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, it's John Gamble Jr., Go Concepts. Thanks, too, for having me. And it's great to be on here with uh, two great guys, Mike and Chris, and appreciate everybody that is tuning on or that may listen to this uh, post today. We started in 1997. Um, you know, back then we were an, an ISP providing uh, internet services, web design services, and consulting. Um, we quickly uh, moved into a relationship where we were the first public-private partnership uh, with our municipality when they overbuilt uh, Time Warner and put in their own hybrid fiber coax network. Um, we designed all the data side of that and eventually a uh, VoIP system that, uh, that they run and uh, handled everything from uh, help desk to all the back-end uh, services uh, for that. 
were running some of the very first equipment in that uh, DOCSIS space that was coming off the line from Cisco back in uh, 98 and 99. And uh, since then, um, that system has been sold to a large telco. They retained us and have kept us in that role and really expanded it. And uh, we have moved into providing consulting and uh, managed services for a, a number of customers. And I know we're going to get into uh, how we've kind of really refocused that uh, through Ulistic and Stewart's help into a single vertical market that we're really happy about. So, so let's get into that because that's the topic for today is uh, vertical markets and you know going after a single, multiple, you know best practices that you guys have found, things that you have learned along your journey, uh, successes, failures. Let's you know let's talk about it all. So, um, Mike, let's start off with you. You know. Reliable IT, when I first met you, your part was primarily healthcare. Now you've taken on some other responsibilities in the banking world. But, you know, tell me about those early days. Why did you pick healthcare? And that seems, well, and that seems to be a, a vertical market that a lot of MSPs look at. But you're, and, and explain to me your philosophy around that and how you got introduced to maybe going after a single vertical like healthcare. Stuart, that's a long question. And it's going to take one hour to describe. So get ready. <laughs> We're um, ready. I'm going to do that and try to do it in less than one minute. <laughs> um, I think the short uh, the short story is is that I got tired of um, trying to be everything to everybody. And so we back in 2013 we decided to go healthcare only. We were um, regional hospitals and large physician groups and then realized in critical access hospitals and realized that critical access hospitals, there was no uh, money there. Regional hospitals is a 24 by 7 gig and then large physician groups um, seem to be um, where money is still available um, uh, for managed services uh, groups like us. Then we even went further into that and said, we are only going to take on large orthopedic groups. And so now we only focus on large orthopedic groups, which there's about 400 of them across the country. Uh, so we have a very, very small niche, which I couldn't be more happier. And now we are uh, nationally known as the um, MSP for orthopedic groups in the country. Um, Banking, uh, as, as you said, stated, Stuart, we um, um, are the healthcare division and our MSP division out of California merged together. And so my counterpart, Aaron Beal, is now the chief operating officer. I'm the chief revenue officer. We basically run the company. Um, and in short, they had a focus on banking, uh, small community banks, typically underneath uh, $1 billion in revenue. And so the same things we do for healthcare is the exact same things we do for banking. It's just you change the names and uh, to protect the innocent and off we're going. So that has been uh, the biggest blessing that we could have done. And I know we're getting into John's story in a minute and John's picked an even tighter niche than, uh, than what you have, Mike, but I'm going to ask you this question right up front because you said it, you know, 400 and some odd potential clients across the country. Are you afraid that, of saying no to other people that don't fit into that niche, you know, because that's a lot of feedback we get from other MSPs is, heaven forbid, I have to say no to other people that don't fit what, you know, that, that niche market. Well, I would say, you know, you, you certainly can say no, and, and we are at the level now where we do say no, but you don't have to say no from a standpoint of 
um, you know, as long as they come to you, don't say no. If but you're not actively marketing them, and so I don't think that you need to put your blinders up and just simply say, "Oh, we only do this," because we all know that most of the stuff that we do is, is translatable to. I could take my stuff to to law firms. What Chris does probably could, you know, would be just as applicable in banking or and so forth. You again change the names and you're you're right there. But again, um, we've just taken a, you know. Over the last year and a half, we you're, you're right, Stuart, we don't take on anybody that's not healthcare or banking. But the first three or four years, we took them on, but it was just simply they had to come to us. We did not market to them. So, no, it, it wasn't scary. Um, we just were very specific in who we targeted. I think, Mike, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, in the early days of this are hesitant of saying, you know, of, of, really pigeonhole himself into one vertical, although I think that's the right, I think that's the right approach. And I like how you put it, you know, don't, you know, market to the single vertical and take on all the other ones you can until such a time that you're in where you're at, where you can, okay, now you can afford to, uh, and I, I'm with you. Don't say no. I always say, well, not exactly our fit, but you know, we know this guy, Chris in Winston-Salem who does law firms nationally. If you're a law firm, we can refer to that business. So Chris, tell me about, uh, tell me what your practice. I know you recently you have selected to go law firms. It wasn't always that way for Parkway Tech. What was the driving uh, factor behind you selecting the legal industry? And what was the straw that broke the camel's back to say, okay, now I'm doing it? Sure. So I toyed around with it for uh, several months before we made the change uh, the first of the year here. But there, there were a few things that precipitated it. Mostly, you know, when you're a general purpose MSP, for, the market's getting crowded. So you've got that in terms of how you're going to differentiate. Uh, we'd always done it on response time, which was working well. But we were noticing some new people were starting to copy that. So that was getting watered down a bit. And every time I turned around, there was a new system we were having to learn or, um, you know, new piece of software, a new process that somebody used. Um, and it was getting confusing, I noticed, as we brought on new people um, and also just you know, it was confusing even for me to keep track of, and it was it was frustrating. So we looked at who was our best client, who was bringing in the majority of the revenue, and then also who did we just enjoy working with. And thankfully, all those things lined up for law firms. And of course, law firms also, uh, if you target the space we do, which is we don't do anything with solos, uh, just uh, above usually about five employees or uh, five to 50 is who we target there. Um, that they've, they have the resources and they certainly have the need and the technology dependent. So there wasn't, uh, wasn't going to be an issue there of trying to sell into a market that nobody really wanted to buy what you were selling. Um, and I mean, that's really what brought it about is that we wanted to narrow our focus for, to make it easier for our techs to handle, go deeper in terms of learning more about the industry and how we could better serve those clients. And then obviously their ability to pay and the fact that we worked really well with them uh, made it finally uh, made me finally make that decision uh, here in January of this year. And we'll get into events in a second. I know you just came back from a, a cloud, uh, a, the Clio cloud conference in New Orleans. And I know Mike just finished his event out in Avon, Colorado. Uh, we'll come to events in a second because I, I want to dig a little deeper into that. But uh, John, tell us a little about your journey. Uh, you recently, you know, with Go Concepts, uh, you selected a very narrow mm -hmm. niche market in one state. Uh, 
tell us about that journey that you and Dan and the team at Go Concepts had to come to that conclusion. Yeah, it um, it was a tough decision, and I'm sure a lot of people um, are, are thinking that same thing about going to a vertical. I mean, Stuart knows better than anybody. He was sitting in the room with us as we're having this discussion uh, that he and I kind of broached uh, remotely on phone calls. Um, but when you're sitting in the room with the uh, with the principals of the company and and you put something on this uh, like this on the table. It is. Uh, it, it definitely makes you take a little bit of a deep breath. And, and like Stuart said, uh, the size of the potential market here is we are looking at 88 counties in Ohio, plus the related organizations. So our target market is a couple of hundred uh, customers. Now that uh, might make a lot of people concerned, uh, but we are laser focused on being recognized as the premier information technology services provider in the developmental disability space in Ohio. And that is uh, who we're servicing, and that is who we think we are the best at providing those services for. So um, that discussion was obviously interesting in the room, Stuart, I'm sure you remember. Uh, uh, you know, us questioning and certain people in the room were like, yeah, this is a great, uh, I I'm ready. These are a lot of things that we're doing uh, and they were ready to make that decision. I, as, as the CEO of the company, was trying to look at, you know, the concerns we had there, one, the size of that potential market. And second, we didn't want our existing customer base uh, that was outside of that vertical to be concerned that uh, we're marketing ourselves or that we may be changing and we're not going to be providing them the same great services that they had. So being sensitive to that um, were my biggest concerns coming into it. I know um, Stuart would definitely support that. I shared that thought over and over in those meetings uh, when we were sitting there. But um, it, uh, it we, we quickly came to the uh, conclusion through those discussions that um, all the benefits and uh, and Stuart, I can go into how we made that decision if you want. Go for it. Yeah, let's let's talk about it because it'll shed some light for all those people listening. Okay. Uh, well, it was uh, like I just shared. It was tough because it was a small market. Didn't want to uh, you know in uh, appropriately offend our existing. Um, customers. And really what it came down to is there that was not a concern. That was more a, uh, a worry that we just had in that room because we were going to continue to provide the same great service to the customers that we had and that we always have uh, provided to them. So, so in uh, retrospect and in discussion with those customers, that has not been a concern. They know that they're still getting the same great people, the same great thing that we've always done. But uh, the decision was made to make that focus into that single vertical market, even with a uh, target potential customer base that small because of how many things it benefited us from a marketing standpoint. And obviously I know uh, Stuart will, will cheer this, but the, it allowed for a focus strategy and message. Um, the Ulistics team who uh, we've been working with since earlier this year, were able to, um, 
stop any type of uh, general marketing or how do we market to this group or right now we're going to market to that group. And every single thing we do now is completely 100% focused on the developmental disabilities um, community, county boards of DD and related organizations here in Ohio. So uh, really made, I think, their job easier and um, what they were doing in the team that we're working with there, whether it's uh, Missy or Lizzie or Corinne or you name all the people that uh, that uh, we get to touch on a daily basis there, uh, I think it's, it's made their job easier and better because they can focus that message. On the operations side, we're able to standardize um, whether that is in our offering, in our systems, in our training to our people, and all of our best practices are geared towards that vertical. So it allows us internally, uh, the messaging coming from our people, how they interact with those customers, everything, they're dealing with the same, uh, the majority of the, of the same type of customer, the same type of issues, the same type of software products um, on a daily basis. Uh, so it makes it easier to bring people up to speed more quickly internally. And it also really made it easier uh, to standardize our onboarding for those customers as we're bringing those on. We know exactly what we have to do for a developmental disabilities organization. And, and lastly, what it meant for the customers. Uh, they know that we 100% understand the exact needs they have, challenges they face, and the software vendors that they use. We, we talk their talk, we, we walk their walk, we, we just have a better uh, relationship with them because that is our focus every single day. And I think in the end, it just makes everybody better, um, whether that's our team, uh, our marketing team, um, or those we're fortunate to serve. So those um, those were the thoughts that went into it that day. In the days following that day, we had that discussion when we made the final decision, and in the uh, you know in in the aftermath, if you will, from it that we've learned, um, it has uh, it has really worked out you know very well for us. Um, that we've been in. Now we're in its infancy, so I don't want to make it out that, hey, we've been doing this in that group for years, but we've been doing what we do for many, many years. And uh, we just took it, focused it, streamlined it, and says, listen, and said, listen, we are going to focus on this group of people that we have a lot of passion, passion for and we have a personal connection to through family, um, whether that is uh, people with uh, that have different capabilities or whether that is in my situation where my wife leads Project Search, which is a group working with people of, uh, of different capabilities and, and getting them uh, placed and help that, that they need. Um, so really our focus is helping those helping others. And long answer, Stuart, but hopefully that gets it. No, great point. And I like the idea about the marketing approach as well, because that really makes it easy to market a company when you're, when you're laser focused. There's too many organizations I found out there that are, uh, that are very wide open. One day they got an email going out to print um, print advertisers. Next day it's to lawyers. Next day it's to healthcare. Next day it's to coffin manufacturers. We, you know, name it. They're 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 like a buckshot, you know, all over the place, and it makes it makes it very very hard, especially on a website. And John, we'll get more into detail about your web marketing in a second here, because you do have Go Concepts main website, then you set up a second website, it4dd.com. And then Mike, Mike's done the same in the banking and the healthcare side and the MSP side, different web, different web platforms. And Chris uh, has still got the single, 
uh, URL, but th th there's nothing uh, nothing wrong with that either. But I find if you're if you're too spread, then people coming to your site don't know what you specialize in and your expertise in. And uh, Mike, like I mean, you you're very narrow focused too in that orthopedic group. Uh, we just came back from Avon, Colorado, where you had a wonderful two day event. Tell us about uh, what you can, what you were able to deliver by having that in depth expertise in that one industry. Yeah, um, because we are, you know, as John stated, very laser focused and um, only concentrate on large orthopedic groups. Uh, we certainly understand their pain inside and out. We also have subject matter experts in PM EMR systems that, which is their systems, which is the most important thing to them and getting the most out of it. Um, and then along with that, you know, reporting and analytics. But the short of it is, is we put on a two-day event in Avon, Colorado, where we invited customers all across the country. Um, we had our partners and us pay for it. Um, it was about a $75,000 event. Um, and 75% uh, um, of it was paid by our partners, and then we picked up the other 25%, and we invited prospects. Most of them were prospects that came. Uh, we paid for their hotel. Uh, they paid to get there, and then we took care of everything else. Um, and we brought in industry experts um, in whether it be in compliance, security, um, PM, EMR systems. Uh, we even went outside of um, of technology. Uh, we had somebody that built ASCs, ambulatory resources centers. Uh, we had somebody that uh, was revenue cycle management, um, trying to address the issues of our customers and just really do not believe that there is a good venue out there uh, that allows for them to come to one place and kind of hear all their problems. Uh, social marketing, social um, uh, SEO optimization, uh, online reputation management was there. Um, Citrix was there. Uh, Control Up, Login BSI, more technology related. Uh, so we certainly got some technology related, but again, the purpose of it was to share with them, hey, these are the things that are keeping us up at night. These are the things that we are concerned about. We need you to be concerned about. So I just gave them the platform in order to say, this is what we're going to be pitching to you and sharing with you that you need to purchase over 2019. So bottom line is we put on an event that told them exactly what we would like them to purchase. So it was very, very focused and very, very intentional. And Mike, do you think you would have got all those people to travel across the country if it was just purely talking about VoIP and security and backup and disaster cover, although you did sprinkle elements of that in there? Do you think the other outside of the technology conversations uh, were inviting enough to have people invest the time and money to come across the country to come to, because Avon, Colorado is not the most easiest place to get into. If anybody's been there, there's a couple hour drive west of Denver. You know, it has to be really special for people to take time out of the office to come in there. Do you feel that the extra content facilitated that to happen? I would say that, you know, again, we've been doing this for 18 years. And so it's, it's that um, plus having a, a very good agenda, a well-oiled machine. Uh, but yeah, it is absolutely. I mean, we had groups from Texas to um, 
to, to Florida, to California, um, Maryland, um, come in. And you, you ask, well, how, how can you get people that, um, you know, don't know you? And I, and I would say all of them knew us. They all knew us by name. And the reason why is, is that we market to 400 people. So they see us over and over and over again. They see us at every trade show that they go to. So everything that they go to, we are there. I, um, there was a gentleman uh, from Arizona that I met at one of our industry events. It was called AAOE. And um, he, he said to come visit him. And the next time I was in Phoenix, I tried to visit him. I called him and called him and called him and called him and called him. Bottom line is he never returned my call. I just showed up one day and I think he probably thought that was uh, very presumptuous. Um, but I, what, what did I have to lose? Nothing. Um, needless to say, this CEO left that organization and went to work for an organization in Pennsylvania. Um, and I saw him at another um, uh, industry event that we were very, very specific in, in, in um, for orthopedic groups. When he saw me, he looked at me and he says, my goodness, you guys are everywhere. I finally was like, finally, you know, it, it worked. Everything that we've been trying to accomplish, it finally worked. And so again, these people know us. Uh, when I send out an email um, uh, through the stuff that um, Stuart, you and I do, um, I typically get about anywhere from five to 15 responses from CEOs that are not our client and saying, hey, Mike, thanks for keeping us up to date. I wish I could come to this or I wish I could do that. Thanks for keeping, I can't attend this. Why would they do that? Well, because they view us as industry experts and they view that the content that we give them is relevant. And that's uh, the benefit of going into a single vertical, Mike, in my opinion. I did the same in the, in the oil and gas sector out in Calgary when I was running my MSP, gee, 10 years ago now, a long time ago. You know, on the topic of events, Chris, you just came back from the Clio Cloud Conference, uh, your first time there, I do believe. Uh, what was the driving factor for you to go there when you could have came to Orlando last week and went to IT Nation? <laughs> yes, that was uh, the timing uh, was interesting. There was a few weeks before that. But um, as far as the uh, Clio Cloud Conference, I really said we, we've been a Clio partner for a bit, but we obviously wanted to get some FaceTime with them, show them uh, our commitment wanted to uh, mingle with some other attorneys, but mostly it was an educational opportunity for me is the way I treated it. So much like the attorneys probably uh, treat it that much. Uh, I can't get CLE continuing uh, legal education credits for it, of course, but uh, it was it was to learn what's going on, especially since Clio is so focused on the technology side. So uh, I wanted to obviously build some new relationships, talk to some other vendors in the industry, get some ideas of things, but really just to you know, a better my knowledge so then we could help our existing clients and also have avenues for new discussion um, with uh, with new prospects. And that's really what it brought. I mean, there were tons of ideas, tons of notes I took. I uh, went to any available session that I could, um, got information there. And uh, in the meantime, we've had conversations with uh, some clients, with some prospects related to these things. And again, there's always a technology bent to the discussion. That's obviously we're a technology service provider. That's what we do. But 
we've been talking to clients more about, hey, process improvements in their law firms. How are you going to be able to automate certain aspects, things like document creation and that sort of thing that lawyers just deal with all the time so they can get more face time with their clients? Because Cleo shared a fascinating statistic, which is that uh, the majority of um, law firms prospects that they interviewed in this survey, which I think took probably five or 6,000 uh, respondents is what they got, said that what people uh, what people want when they're looking for an attorney is more time to spend with them face-to-face. They don't want emails. They don't want to fill out a web form. They want to be able to sit down face-to-face and talk with the attorney about their, about their issue. And so, you know, that has helped with some of our conversations with our clients is, you know, maybe you want to do less uh, manual intake here and you want to you know, change this process here. Maybe you want to uh, have your paralegals spend more time with your prospects and with your clients, but then the back end document creation, things like that, that are repetitive, that clients don't see and don't, there's certainly value there. That's the bulk of the work, but they don't perceive the value. How can we help you automate that, facilitate smoother process so you've got more time to spend with your clients without adding staff, those sorts of things. So really business conversations. And again, with the Clio Collab Conference, it was fantastic. Um, we're looking at some other uh, local and national legal conferences to go to, uh, both to just raise awareness for us, but mostly just to get our feet even wetter and uh, get more comfortable in that space. I don't know, Chris, have you ever tried knocking on a door of an attorney's office? Uh you know, unannounced like Mike did. Uh, but I imagine uh, when during the day when they're working, it's really, really hard. I think an event like this gives you opportunity to meet, uh, you know, key people in the law firm and have those hallway conversations or discussions over lunch and make those connections. But you said something that uh, that I want to go back to Mike on for a second here, because Mike and I are Mike, one of Mike's guys, Ryan and I have had this conversation around, you know, reliable IT focus on clinical IT. And you talked about it, Chris, about having the operation talk and workflow talk. Mike, your guys in the in the rival IT side um, have Ryan at the in the clinical IT side, where that's not technically you know the ones and zeros moving down the wire. That's the exact same thing Chris was talking about: workflow management. What happens when a patient walks into a clinic to when they're leaving? Is that is that something that your clients are looking to you for? Is that expertise? What I'm, what I feel is, is that when you, when you look at it, I don't want to, if I just stay in the servers, SAN, switches, space, help desk, projects, whatever, if I stay in that space, the number of competition that I have uh it increases exponentially and you know if i go to memphis tennessee there's going to be 50 msps there um go to where chris is at or where john's at you know not only would i have to you know uh, deal with them there's probably you know definitely where chris is at um a couple hundred different msps when i take that next step into clinical it and realize that probably the most important thing to them is not how fast my server is or my SAN is. It is, am I getting the most out of my PM EMR system, which stands for practice management electronic health record. Um, but 
when when you when you get to that level, now you're just competing at a completely different um, level. There's only one other company that I know nationwide that we compete with that offers those types of services. So fortunate for us, we've created a very, very strong niche into one specific group. But when it comes to large physician groups, um, there's really no one that can compete with us on a nationwide basis. So that is the reason why I have focused so heavily into clinical, clinical, clinical. At the end of the day, what do they care about? That's the only thing they care about. Do they really care about, you know, did you sell them a, um, how many IOPS the SAN has? Um, they don't care. They want to know what the results are. And we're getting to people, we're getting some questions coming in too over the, the question pane. Feel free to pop your question in there. We'll get to them. John, I want to kind of bring you back into the conversation here. Uh, and this is a conversation you and I have had on a few occasions now is, are you finding now that people are getting to be more receptive uh, in the DD space because you are that emerging, I'll call I'll call it the emerging thought leader because you're you know you're just you're in your first uh, you're in the baby step phase right now. Are you finding that doors are starting to open for you now? Uh, definitely, uh, definitely, I, I agree with that uh, statement. We are. Um, I had actually jotted down some notes before the call, and I, I think we we feel we we were quickly being seen as that single best option for IT services in this space because we have been working with customers um, in this space for three to four years now. And uh, we have a lot of expertise in solutions specifically for them, um, namely helping them with uh, remote access, you know, secure and reliable remote access, which is a game changer for a lot of these organizations and the roles that their staff uh, fill in supporting um, their individuals with special needs and being able to work from wherever they are. And I know that's one of the biggest things we hear back is how we've uh, helped them with that, made them, you know, more efficient and uh, just better morale uh, because they're uh, they're able to work when they want and how they want. So, uh, so we've been doing that for for quite a while. So, and one of the ancillary benefits to targeting a group of that size is it is a small, tight knit community, and uh, people in that uh, in that vertical talk, and they know each other, and a lot of them have been at those locations for a long time. We have one customer that a gentleman's been there for 32 years. We have another one uh, that the leadership's been there for 17 years. So they know the people at the other counties. They know the people at the organizations because the way it used to be in Ohio, those related organizations were part of those counties. Uh, laws changed. They had to spin those off and um, not be in those businesses anymore, whether it, it was transportation or uh, a, a number of uh, different areas. I don't want to get on a tangent on that, but it is uh, uh, they know each other. So there's a benefit there that when they have a good experience, they tell everyone and they trust each other. So that's opened a lot of doors for us just by providing great service and them knowing that we are focused on them. Um, 
you know that uh, there, there's a level of comfort there. And you shared the, the, the IT for DD website. When we made that announcement that that was going live to our existing uh, customer base in that space, the feedback that we got was incredible about how excited they were to have somebody that was just focused on uh, what they do and the people they serve. So um, yes, it's, it, it's definitely opened up a, a lot of doors for us, but it's also presented some uh, some challenges. I won't preempt you on one of your questions. So. <laughs> Well, there you know, and one and Scott, who comes from uh, my old stomping ground in Western Canada, has got some really good questions. I thought I'll, I'll bring him up now, and I'll let uh, Chris jump in first because uh, because he's in that kind of transition phase, just as you are, John. Mike's a little further down the path here, but well, you know, um, what are you, you know, what are you doing with your existing clients, Chris? Uh, you know, are you eventually going to say, you know, we can't take care of you anymore. I mean, I think I, for Ulistic, we have one client left who's not an MSP. Um, and I'm thinking about times, you know, when, when is that, when we're going to, when are we going to offboard that one? Um, but, you know, what are you doing with your existing clients who, who are, don't, don't fit the mold? Is this, is this transition a, a 12, 24, 36 month journey? It's honestly, however long it takes uh, is really where we're at with that. There's some that we, you know, so uh, I echo John, we still really enjoy working with. Uh, we're taking care of them, um, that they're happy, we're happy. Um, but then what we've seen is some of the clients that we kind of were thinking about calling anyway, as we make this transition, those are getting moved off uh, a little bit quicker. And so I, I'll be honest, I'm not exactly sure what that looks like uh, 36 months from now. I would think that probably... It'll all be legal, but uh, there's some clients that we've had couples since the very beginning that have been just fantastic clients and have grown with us and uh, are easy to deal with and uh, you know pay us on time and uh, we love working with them. So we'll, we're not planning at this point to move those off, but you know obviously in terms of investment, where I'm going to really learn about the uh, processes for law firms and uh, new you know new better ways of handling those, I I'm not gonna my my emphasis for the existing clients is more just on that support and IT management. Um, it's very limited more. So, um, you know, everybody knows that's what they're getting, but that's that's where we're focusing going forward is when we really want to dive deep, it's going to be strictly for law firms. And I think we talked about this earlier on is that your existing marketing, your marketing that you're going forward with, the new clients you're bringing on are all law firms. And you, yeah, you can, you know, could be 10 years from now and you still have that one client who happens to, be a CPA firm that you just love dealing with. It's still, you're still taking care of them. But from the focus point, from the company going forward, it's legal, law firms, and the legal industry, correct? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not taking on anybody outside of that. I mean, we've actually turned away, uh, I don't probably uh, a half a dozen or so, if not a little bit more in the last uh, eight months um, from you know any sort of meetings and stuff. In fact, I had a law firm client, um, their office administrator, uh, was talking to me and she's like, my brother owns this company and he's got a manufacturing company. You could really use your help. I know you guys do great. I just had to tell you, you know, we really appreciate it and we're flattered, but uh, our focus is on serving, you know, your industry the best. And so, um, you know, we are, that's not something we're going to be able to have a discussion with them on. And again, it's been freeing for me. Um, it, you know, it's, it, it makes onboarding, as Micah said, makes onboarding so much easier. Um, because, you know, you, you already know some best practices. You already know exactly how you want to do this. You already know the pain points and things um, that you need to address and um, how best to handle that and uh, the way they're going to work in most cases versus, you know, it being more of an adventure when you're uh, more broadly focused. 
I know, Chris, every time I stepped out of the MSP space, I don't do it anymore, but in the early days when I used to, I also I always got a very harsh reminder why I shouldn't do marketing work for other businesses outside the MSP space. I did a plastic surgeon one time in uh, Houston, and that was interesting. Uh, you know, never, never, never again. Uh, you know, and I'll flip it over to Mike here because the next question really kind of, you know, you know, he can he can address because he's also talked about it as well in this call. Mike, what do you do if somebody knocks on your door with has a you know a Gene Simmons money bag full of money that he wants to give you for IT services, but it's not an orthopedic group? Unfortunately, now we 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 refer them to somebody else. Um, you know, I say unfortunately because you know you 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 work very very hard to to get to that point where you're able to have opportunities come come in but uh now we are uh, if you're not a bank or or uh, a large um uh, physician group uh then we just don't work with you we just point you somewhere else it's just you know trying to stay true to that um the the, the best thing you could do is just to continue to stay disciplined um when you stop being disciplined is when the day you're going to not uh, be as uh Again, you'll just be pulled in multiple directions. So stay focused. Those are the ones, Mike, that the phone rings and it's not the, you know, that ideal business that you work with and you just cringe and answer the phone because they know they're going to take your attention away from what you do best. And I know, I know it's scary at times. I mean, you know, but, you know, I think the proof has been in the pudding over and over. Like, see, even my MFP, we grew it to five and a half million dollars in seven years, but we were oil and gas focused and oil and gas focused only. And just like many of you, we got to understand the industry. We were sending texts uh, to the uh, community college to learn about you know, oil and gas stuff instead of how to fix servers and Windows 2000 desktop courses and under, how to understand maps when geologists and geophysicists were working on things. It was great. I, you know, that was 12 years ago, 13 years ago we were doing that. But, uh, you know, John, you know, you're kind of in that, like I said, that, that early stage of your, uh, your journey. Uh, you know, what's, what scared you the most about making this decision just to, you know, focus on the DD uh, market in Ohio? Well, I, I think that was, you know, really the two things that, uh, that I covered earlier. I mean, the, uh, the small potential customer base and then um, just the perception of existing customers. And um, you know, I, know, I know that uh, Chris and Mike have, have weighed in on that and, and how they've handled it. And, and our, our approach to the existing customer side of that has been that uh, nothing's changed for them and nor will anything change. I don't see us at a point that uh, we will say, hey, we're no longer offering uh, those services to your company or organization, um, you know we, we we enjoy working with the the customers that we work with. Some have been with us for many many years. Uh, we feel we're really good at what we do in supporting them, whether that is in managed services or whether it's in consulting uh, or help desk or whatever that service might be that we're providing for them. And um, we are experienced in their needs and supporting them. So I. That as a commitment from from me and from us is not going to change. We're going to continue to offer what we offer them, enhance those services, and and do a great job for them. Um, and uh, if, if I could touch on one question that you did ask about, hey, if somebody outside of our target market 
came in and they said, listen, we hear you're doing great things uh, for in this market space. We're kind of similar to that. Would you consider coming to work for us? Or we know an existing customer that you have outside of that. Um, just being completely honest, it would really depend on the, uh, the fit. Um, uh, we do uh, provide services in uh, for law offices, uh, financial institutions, and banks, um, and uh, professional organizations uh, in and around uh, the tri-state area here, as well as we provide consulting to other um, uh, cable implementations since we've been doing that for so long. And I mean, when we started doing that, it was uh, uh, Time Warner and Excite at Home. Those were the only two people doing it. And they were a lot bigger than, uh, you know, three young guys from uh, Lebanon, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, if, if you all don't know where that is, a uh, small town of 20,000. So, um, so we've got a lot of experience in, the, in that space. So we continue to support those customers in there. But our focus as we grow and as we enhance our MSP services is in that uh, those in and around the developmental disabilities community in Ohio. So, um, and, you know, that's really come with its, with its own uh, uh, challenges in that market. So, um, and, and the size of it isn't the biggest challenge. So. And so I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk about revenues and uh, and market opportunity a bit more. But Mike, um, how has how's your revenue model changed? Are you finding that you can be uh, a little bit more uh, on the higher end of the pricing market now that you're specialized versus having to compete with uh, you know all those guys offering MSP for thirty dollars a user? Yeah, I think the short answer to that question is is yes. Um, we are now a premium product, and then so because of that, now we can um, charge premium prices. So now that we understand their industry better, they're gonna it's gonna get faster, better, cheaper when we work with us uh, compared to the next guy. So we've been very successful in actually increasing our costs, um, and uh, you know it, it's just been a, a a great thing for us. And what, what about you, Chris, in the Winston market? Uh, are you finding that your pricing model has changed? Because I know when I first met you, you had you know your different packages all over the place, uh, from low to high. You know, the gold, silver, bronze, platinum, whatever you know what, what most MSPs do. Are you finding now that you can charge a premium because you're on your way to becoming the legal IT expert? Yeah, uh, we found a, a certain amount of premium in the market space we work with. It's still, uh, you know, uh, lawyers pinching every uh, penny that they can. But um, one of the uh, big things that we've found is we know better what to package in. So there's certain things that we do for the legal market that makes sense that might not for other verticals. So we can package that in and that raises the overall price. And we basically have one package with just a few little add-ons here and there now. Um, so that that allows us to uh, be a little bit more targeted too. So, you know, if somebody wants management, there's one management piece, uh, which includes the support management and just a little bit of consulting. And then past that, if they want to step up their game and say cybersecurity or uh, collaboration, email, that sort of thing, we've got some add-ons that we can throw in there. Um, but that's, that's basically what we've gotten. And also in terms of, I'd just say average 
um, average ticket per client has gone up significantly has been one of the bigger things because again we can kind of build those bundles and the quote and say hey look you're going to need this and uh, you know you you really need this you need this encryption piece you need this um, you know we definitely want to add this collaboration piece um, hey let's go ahead and replace your systems but let's put it on a lease agreement and so there's all sorts of things that we can do there and because you know, we have tons of referrals from other uh, legal uh, administrators and lawyers and everything. It, it makes that a lot easier to go ahead and sell that versus uh, the way I felt it before where, you know, somebody's just sitting there like, oh, you're just one of a dozen, uh, two dozen other uh, IT companies I'm talking to. Perfect. Okay. So one of the books guys that we're studying in the high performance club uh, right now is, and thanks to Mike McWilliams, I still owe him his uh, commission check on this one, but he might introduce me to the pumpkin plan. So I know that's a book that we're reading right now and studying a bit more. Uh, Mike, you know, how, and if you're not familiar with the pumpkin plan, uh, it's a great book. And if you email info at ulistic.com with the subject, I want the pumpkin plan book, I will send you a copy of the pumpkin plan book. If you're in the U S if you're in Canada, I'm sorry, I can't do that because the postage costs are crazy and you guys have a postal strike anyways up there. Uh, but Mike, tell us about the pumpkin plan. How did that revolutionize reliable IT? Well, again, uh, just, you know, uh, again, for people that have read it, you'll, you'll understand all this stuff, but if people that haven't read it, it's just the concept of being able to, you know, focus in on one thing and being great at that. Asking your customers what is important to them, because uh, they'll tell you. Um, and you'll find that it's probably not IT related. Um, and then also um, working with other organizations, um, partnering with everybody else that serves that industry. So if it's ortho orthopedics, I mean, that's why we partnered with um, uh, online reputation management, why we partnered with uh, revenue cycle management, uh, why we've partnered with um, uh, ambulatory surgery centers, uh, a company that builds them, and um, because those are the things that are important uh, to our customers. And so the more that you can, you know, figure out the things that is important to them, uh, the better off you're going to be. And then create an ecosystem uh, like what we've done um, with our summit uh, up in Avon that allows for all those people to be there. And then our partners invite their customers and prospects as well. And so um, that is something that uh, we're trying to create our own ecosystem and our own branding. Um, and, you know, again, I, I just made the decision a long time ago that I wasn't going to build somebody else's brand. And so I'm not here to build Citrix or Cisco's brand. I'm here to build uh, Reliable IT's brand. And Mike, you know, I, you know, I'm sure you and I had this conversation in some other world years ago because that's exactly what I did with IT Matters in Calgary is when I was uh, in the oil and gas sector, I made relationship with all the oil and gas software vendors, all the technical people that service that industry, the downhole drilling guys, the trucking companies, because they're all talking to the same market that I want to talk to. And that's one of the joys about becoming vertical is you get to know who other players are in that market and the pumpkin plan really talks about that i think they selected to do financial services in north jersey which was you know a very competitive market but they carved out a pretty good uh, niche there chris how about you you know uh, you know you're you're in the middle of studying this with our high performance club you know what uh what can you share that mike hasn't touched on already 
I mean, Mike pretty well covered it. I'll, I'll just say from my reading of the uh, pumpkin plan, you know, that kind of solidified it. We read it, I uh, believe, uh, yeah, a little bit after our decision, but um, it, it solidified that we were on the right path. Um, definitely kind of gave me some pointers in terms of industry conferences and uh, really getting to know the other vendors in this space that are unique. Um, and, and again, it's it's definitely helped us differentiate. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many uh, attorneys and then also people in related industries and things that I talk to, and they're like, I don't know of any other company that's doing just uh, IT for law firms. And, you know, it's obviously made marketing, we touched on this, but it's made marketing so much easier. It's just made that focus overall. But yeah, the pumpkin plan just solidified it for us in terms of this is the direction that we need to be going and then helped uh, definitely uh, point us in the right direction and some things that I hadn't thought about in terms of making that transition and making that journey. And I like what Mike uh, also mentioned about uh, asking your customers or clients. Uh, that kind of refreshed my mind with another great book called They Ask, You Answer. Sitting down with your clients and finding out what bothers them and then writing writing about that for your blog, putting that all in your marketing materials and, you know, and, and putting all that information online. Because if, you know, one of the things I love about uh, Marcus Sheridan shared about is put your pricing model up on uh, on your website and, you know, because people are going to ask that question anyway. So, uh, just, you know, that's another book we're going to start studying in our high performance club here in the next little while if we haven't touched on it already. But, um, you know, that kind of extension to the pumpkin plan is understanding and sitting down with your clients and understanding what they need. And we, we've baked that into a lot of our marketing efforts for our clients at Ulysses. John, uh, how about you? What, you know, any, anything that Mike or Chris haven't mentioned with the, your, your things that you learned from the pumpkin plan? I, I think both of them did a great job covering it. I mean, I, I obviously came uh, became familiar with it there from the uh, uh, once we joined working with Stuart and and Ulysses there and and jumped in uh, with both feet. I, I think we came or I came to the uh, uh, the Q2 summit like right after we joined, so um, it was a uh, something new for me. I'm glad that uh, Mike brought that to you and. And it shared that, but I think one of the biggest things is something, it kind of reinforced something that uh, we were already doing. And one of them was, uh, I think uh, the quote is something about not wasting your time on planting seeds uh, that may or may not grow or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and we were kind of, you know, we were doing a lot of that. We were, we were, you know, that jack of all trades, not uh, afraid to say no to our customers and you get into a lot of one-off situations and doing things uh, and learning a lot of uh, new things that you may never uh, use again because of the opportunity and we really decided that hey we're going to put everything into focusing on or uh, staying in that uh, pumpkin plant vein uh, planting uh, what we feel is really going to benefit us long term and help us grow and uh, so, so that's what we did and that uh, you know reflects Reflecting back on that when we were having the discussions about going vertical, even in such a, a small target market, um, really supported that decision. So, And I love what um, Mike McCallowitz talks about in the book about you got you to take care of those big, gigantic pumpkins, the ones that uh, the, the award-winning prize ones. And sometimes you're going to have to cast away. And we talked about the vertical, getting rid of those distractions of those other cu customers or clients that don't fit your model. Uh, and Chris shared, uh, you know, his plan around that. Sometimes you got to take, because they rob all the nutrients from the soil and uh, prevent those big pumpkins from growing. Anyway, gentlemen, we have a few minutes left. So I want to go around uh, one last time to say, you know, thank you first off for joining us, spending the last hour with each other here. It's uh, it's always enlightening. Uh, 
Mike, I'll give you the I'll give you the first uh, spot in the in the in the final round of question here. You know, anything else that you want to add that we haven't we haven't talked about yet? Nope. Good job. Yeah, Mike's always short and to the point. Chris, how about you? <laughs> Um, I, I don't know that I've got much to add other than anybody considering it. I, I would definitely encourage you to, you know, make the move. I mean, we're uh, we're a smaller MSP. It was a little bit scary to think that, you know, you're turning away business that you valuably need. But it's made, I mean, it's made our sales process easier. It's made new client acquisition easier, onboarding, um, marketing, uh, service delivery, the whole nine yards. And it's really rewarding, too, to just go deep with our clients now and to be that true business advisor, because I know everybody in the MSP space seems to be talking about that, you know, that trusted advisor thing. But, you know, if you're serving uh, 20, 30 different verticals, you can't be. There's no way you're going to be able to go any deeper than just your technology knowledge. And that's not what clients want to hear. They want a true partner that's going to help them, uh, you know, in our case, navigate their firm and the growth and the challenges that come with that and all those sorts of things. And so it's just it's made having those discussions easier um with uh, prospects and clients so much and uh definitely one of those things that i wish i would have done uh, a few years before i did and chris how many people are in parkway tech now uh sure we've got five of us so we just had a question come in you know when is a good time to start your vertical this person says hey we're pretty dang small um you know you're you know a a, a small on the smaller scale uh small business oh, yeah. you started with five you probably had less than five people when you first started this I think we, the, we did. I, yep. I think there's the time. The right time is now. If you're ready uh, to choose verticals, do it now. Um, I mean, like, but you still got to eat, right? But uh, again, remember what Mike said: it's a marketing play first, not a, you know, not nothing else. It's purely marketing. Um, I think you, I think the good time to start is now and and move forward. And I'm going to get to John here for final thoughts. But one other quick thought that came into my mind while you were talking, Chris, is. You know, you know, one of the questions we get is, how do I select my vertical? Well, I think you need to do a crock session of all your clients. Like Mike said, find out which one you have, you know, a good number of clients in and which ones you really enjoy servicing. It, reflects, uh, it reminds me of a story of Eric Taylor, who runs IT Simplified in Charleston, South Carolina. He told me, he says, I just love animals and I love, uh, I love working with uh, people who love animals. So he started IT Simplified into being a veterinarian IT uh, practice. Now he goes all over the country working with veterinarians. So I think the time is now uh, and uh, and there. And another question just came in. John, maybe um, since you are kind of doing this one, do you feel that multiple verticals can overlap? Uh, definitely I do. I mean, if you, you know, if you choose wisely, you can, uh, uh, you can definitely find uh, some multiple verticals, but I think the goal is uh, standardization and, and a way to streamline. So um, you know, just making the right choice there. I'm I'm like uh, I'm like uh, you and Mike, and uh, they have multi- different websites for different verticals. You know, you guys have the Go concept for, you know, the generic business it4dd.com for the uh, development of disabilities. Mike has RIT banking and RIT healthcare, uh, and Chris, of course, Chris just has the one website because he has the one pre- uh, one focus. But I think I think from a web marketing because what I think happens and we're running out of time here and I'm, I'm going to try to wrap this up as quickly as I can. If a doctor's office goes to your website and sees nothing about legal accounting and a very little mention about healthcare, they are probably going to go to the other company 
that has more industry expertise that talks about clinical IT and problems that the healthcare industry faces and HIPAA compliance and very in-depth, nothing but, you know, sees images of medical professionals. Uh, that's why with IT4DD, John, we have images that that resemble that marketplace we go after. So people feel comfortable on that, on that site. If we went to IT or Go Concepts, much as I love the green lizard, it doesn't rem it doesn't represent, uh, you know, the developmental disability uh, community. And so, any last minute thoughts on that, John? Yeah, definitely. And I'll finish it up like this. As I'm looking across my desk at a picture of uh, Albert Einstein on my wall. Uh, he said, "I must be willing to give up what I am in order to become what I will be." And I think the first step you have to take is just be uh, strong enough to have a plan, have a strategy uh, to implement that plan and stick to it and work it as hard as you possibly can. And uh, to me, that's uh, whether it's in your business and, or in going into a vertical market, uh, that's definitely what you have to do. And I'll wrap up with this final thought is if you're not sure what vertical market to go into, try it for a quarter. You know, do a marketing campaign that specializes on legal and do next quarter, do it on CPAs and find out what what works best for you. And you'll find it. You'll find the one that you enjoy working with and you'll find the one that, you know, that responds to the the marketing that you do that are you're, you'll see it in your search engine optimization results where you're starting to get a whole bunch of people Googling, you know, Clio support in North Carolina or, you know, IT for orthopedic groups or uh, IT challenges in the developmental disability community. You'll start seeing all this stuff showing up in your Google search results, and then you'll know you're on the right thing. Gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, your time again today. We're out of time. Uh, remember, John's website is it4dd.com, the it4dd.com. Uh, Chris is parkwaytech.com. Mike is at ritbanking.com and rithealthcare.com. Go and check out their website, see what they're doing. Uh, and I'm sure, gentlemen, uh, if uh, anybody objects and the people reaching out to you for, you know, have a conversation with you, just, uh, you know, say no. Other than that, uh, thanks again for uh, for joining us. And we'll uh, we'll talk. I'm sure, Mike, I'll talk to you in half an hour. John, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And Chris, we'll get we'll get something scheduled. Thanks, guys. Okay. Appreciate it. Appreciate everybody for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.